broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Good morning, Mid-Missouri. This is Jennifer Bukowski, and I'm in here with Jacob Schultz. Hey. And Hannah, the producer. Hello, good morning. It is a good morning. Yeah, it's an early morning. <laughs> Thank you for getting up at uh, oh dark thirty and yeah, coming in to join so us. Dark out, so oh yeah, I'm a night for a while. So <laughs> I'm jamming. It's fine. There you it's go. good. So, well, we have a lot of things to get to today. Lots of fun topics since it's Friday, as well as some news items to get to. John, you awake over there? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, about John, like I Jen. forgot. About like Jen, right? There you go. <laughs> Happy Friday. Friday, Friday. All right. Well, we have a few articles to kick off with. There's this new article in Business Insider that says the Gen Zers aren't eager for promotions, partly because they believe management is unfulfilling. And I guess there are old enough Gen Zers that they could be promoted uh, nowadays. I think of them yep. as kids. So, yeah, you uh, were, I don't know, maybe dismayed is the right word to learn that I was Gen Z. Yeah, my kids are Gen Z. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. guys are making me feel old here. <laughs> I'm sitting here with two Gen Zers. So what do you guys think? Do you guys want promotions? I think or- I can answer this for us, Hannah. A- absolutely. Right. Um, usually it comes with more money, and that's usually a good thing. So, I mean, yes. Well, and my husband is just outside of being Gen Z, um, and he left a previous job where he was kind of considered management uh, because he could get a job that paid just as well without having to be in management. And it was the same pay with less responsibility. And he got to a point where, you know, being a manager was just too much stress for him. And he's like, if I can go make the same amount of money and have less responsibilities, why wouldn't I do that? That Well, that's exactly what... Uh This article said uh, they're talking about this consultant and it says that her clients see managers as glorified employees with more to do in what can be thankless roles. It's really not anything more than just the company assigning someone to babysit, she said, (laughs) being a manager. (laughs) We've all had managers like that over the years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's not paying more then that kind of does disincentivize you taking on those extra responsibilities and stress. It's easy Except to, it does prime you to take, I would say, foreseeably, positions that would pay more, right? Yeah. Yeah, but why would we think ahead like that, Jen? Come on. Uh, well, I don't know. Jen can probably relate. Being, a, you know, basically being an attorney, a small business person and all, you got to learn those management skills somewhere, especially if you're going to apply them to your own small business. Yeah, I guess if you're not thinking ahead like that then you might pass on it. So that way you can get home and do whatever Gen Zers do at home. I like think, I think Fortnite, Gen Z... What are they doing? Uh, my, my, video games. Yeah, something. Fortnite. <laughs> what are you doing, Jacob? I try to read more. Oh, so look at you. I, I know. I, I'm a little bit different, but... Wise beyond your years over right. there. Well, yeah, a little bit different. You want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, Jacob? Yeah, so I work in the, the state senate, and so that's a, a pretty unique opportunity for a Gen Zer, especially at my youth. Um, yeah, do you want to tell your age? 
Yeah, so I'm 17. So I'm definitely a little so bit crazy. a little bit younger than uh some some of us in this room. No, I'm not going to name names. Um <laughs> Everyone. I think it's pretty obvious. Well, there, there's always yeah. few people in this room. So um no, and so that's a a little bit more a unique thing about me. Well, and for anyone who's been with the Wake Up family prior to us becoming Wake Up in Missouri, Jacob kind of grew up on 939 the Eagle yeah. and I'm trying to find, I'm scouring our database to see if I can find some of the early audio of when, you know, he was just a, just a wee little guy. So you were even like 10 when you were first done. How did that even come about? I, I don't even completely remember. It just kind of happened. Your Uh, mom had a funny license plate or something. Oh yeah, she did. Um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, she no longer has that license plate. Uh, originally, it, was it one of the ones that were secretly cussing? Well, and it was completely incidental. It was a randomly assigned license plate, but it essentially said a hole. Um, yeah. and no, I randomly yeah, assigned yeah. one. I mean, you can you don't get any closer than that. Uh, Usually, there's people like trying to creatively oh, say that without. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they wouldn't let you do that. They yeah. just randomly assigned, and so it worked great. Yeah, they won't let you pick it, but they'll sure give it to you. They'll ya. give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the Pentagon has those files, Hannah. So how did this come about? Where they're like busted? Here's the plate we gave you. We decided it's not okay. You know that was one of our, in my memory, one of the first cars we had, and so I can't say that it was intentional by whoever was selecting the plate. Um, oh, yeah. and, you know maybe, uh, but it definitely was. It was just completely incidental, and my mom hated it, and everyone else loved it. <laughs> So all all the people stopping and taking photos definitely loved it. (laughs) Oh man, they're stopping and taking photos. I mean, if I saw a plate like that out in the wild, I would probably also take a photo. Wouldn't. Well, I took a photo because uh, we've been taking photos in our friend group of like how expired plates are, you know, around (laughs) town. And there was one no plate at all. It looked like the piece of paper was just totally ripped off of there. So I'm like. I don't know if this counts as an expired tag, guys, because there's nothing on this vehicle whatsoever that's buzzing by me, not on Providence. And it seems like Columbia is especially <laughs> bad at this. John, I know we've done segments on the show before yep. where we ask the Wake Up family, what's the oldest expired you know, temp tag or license plate that you've seen on the roads? And we got some photos of you know plates that had been expired for sometimes two years. Wow. But, you know, law enforcement is so short-staffed right now, that's just not a priority. And Brian Hansen, who's the star of the Gary Nolan show on the radio station at 9, I have a, a dealer tag, like a temp tag on my car right now, and he keeps telling me that I don't need to worry about getting it renewed on time. And that he's sure it's fine if I just drive around with it expired. So, well, there's a new chief in town. So, uh, that's yeah. true. I don't go. know if they'll change that policy or not. Well, we'll and have to wait he, and see. He forgets that I drive through several towns on my way in. And, you know, not everyone will be as lenient on that one. We yeah. had a funny story one time about uh, Jen knows uh, former Missouri Supreme Court Justice Stephen Limbaugh on his personal vehicle had a personal tag that said L I M dash b-a-h limbaugh and he was rush limbaugh's cousin and he 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 told us one time he said he'd go out in public and people would be giving him the bird or shaking their fists at him over his over his license plate thinking it was because he was a big rush limbaugh fan oh funny. no he's just my cousin i actually was hanging out last night with his son who's a judge in cole county uh, he's yeah. a Federalist Society member, so he was at our holiday party. Enjoyed seeing him. 
But that's a brave one to have. Like, I, I issue bumper stickers as a general rule anyway, but I don't know if I'd put a Trump sticker on my car. I don't want someone angry waiting for me when I'm by myself. Or knock your window out, out while it's parked somewhere. Yeah, or damaging my car or, like, starting a confrontation with me when I'm by myself and it might be nighttime or whoever knows. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of asking for trouble, but a lot of people will just go ahead and do it. The first Trump 2024 hat I ever saw. Guess where I was? You will never guess where I was. Guess. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, no. <laughs> kind of close. Sounds close. It was a fast food restaurant. Ooh. Oh, okay. It's like a Mizzou Board of Curators meeting? <laughs> it was an In-N-Out Burger in Malibu, California. Oh, wow. ca- wait. California? It's like we get off, we get out of the airport, we're hungry, hadn't eaten yet, stopped it in. There's a guy, this is like 2021, walking in there with just an attitude like, here he is in his Trump 2020. I'm like, I'm from Missouri and I've not even seen a Trump 2024 no. hat yet. You arrive in Malibu, California. That's the last place I thought I'd see my first Trump hat. But right. there are more people who voted for Trump in California than there are people in 38 states. Yeah. <laughs> He's just ahead of the curve, apparently. He's just getting ahead of it, you know. Uh, apparently, California's going to flip red uh, from what he's predicting <laughs> with that hat. Is he talking about California, Missouri? <laughs> right, right. California, different. Missouri might be trending Trump. I don't know. We'll Probably. have to wait and see it. Probably. I think they meet think you so. at the city limits and hand you a mega hat in Maybe. California, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you think about Trump's chances in 2024? They're looking good right now. I mean, Biden is just doing such an abysmal job. But I worry that the media wants Trump to be the candidate, so they aren't attacking him quite as hard right now. Yeah. Although there is all of this litigation, and they do want to put him in jail. Yeah, there's that. Which, under the Constitution, you have to be 35. You have to be a citizen born in the United States and have lived in the country the last 12 years. That's it. It doesn't say anything about whether or not you're in jail. That's true. You know, Joe Exotic from Tiger King was trying to run for president from jail, so. I think equating Trump to Joe Exotic is a little bit of a stretch there. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Depends who you talk to. (laughs) There is a problem, too, though, that I think Trump may have a hard time governing if he is in jail, like a state prison, since the governor would have to pardon him. Um the president can't pardon himself if he's in uh, a state prison, which is, is which is unique. Um, yeah, so it's just the Georgia case that right, that's is the, the big, big concern. But I, well, the other ones are still concerned if he doesn't win. Right, I, I think <laughs> so. That's the problem. I I would say uh, I wouldn't want to be Trump's lawyers right now. Yeah, and he has to have a whole army of them. Meanwhile, he's trying to run for president. Jury notifications are going out to all these jurors saying, hey, we have a three-month trial starting in March. Come in in February and report, and you need to have a good excuse, including like paperwork showing that you have plane tickets or whatever to try to get out of this. But he's not going to be... I'm a criminal defense attorney. He's not going to be able to sit there every day. These jurors are going to resent it if their lives are turned upside down, Mm. and they're having to sit there every day. And we know 93% of the people in that District of Columbia did not vote for Trump. So he already has that going against him. And then if he's out running for president while they're having to sit through a three month long case, that's prejudicial against Trump to do that during the campaign. And so it's a problem because I've never had a jury trial and I've had many jury trials where the defendant wasn't there every single minute the jury had to be.
In any event, what other stories do we have? What, what should we get to next, guys? We have a list of fun topics. Well, it's about time for a break, but I know coming up we'll be doing the Daily DC Rundown. Awesome. Uh, maybe we could talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C., because there is no shortage of crazy things happening over there. Yeah, McCarthy's out. Biden? Yeah, yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Where's Hunter? We'll find out next. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. attorney, Abe Lowell, he sees it differently, stating that if his client's name was anything other than Biden, that these charges would not have been brought. Well, the president's son has been indicted on nine tax-related charges, three of those felonies. They were brought by special counsel David Weiss, who wrote this, quote, between 2016 and October 15, 2020, the defendant spent this money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. Yeah, <laughs> including a sex club membership for $10,000. And he's wow. the only one to get kicked out of that sex club, too, by the way. That was an article we read last year. But this isn't just he's evading part of his taxes. He wasn't even filing his tax returns. This isn't mm-hmm. like you filed your return and you didn't claim like this, you know, oligarch's money that you got paid for some lobbying gig. Maybe you could have more of a plausible argument that you had an accounting mess up or something like yeah. that in that instance, and you just didn't realize that the accountant didn't put that in your income when you signed off on that front page of the return. When you don't file a return at all, you need to know. I mean, he knew better. And what is his excuse for that? You know, personally. It's not my last name. If it wasn't Biden, then no one would come after you. No, I'm pretty sure if you're making millions of dollars and you don't bother to file a tax return... It doesn't matter what your last name is. Yeah. They're going to come after you. That raises lots of red flags up in the, you know, the IRS, things like that. Yeah, and this Maybe. that's the other thing that differentiates this from Trump in that his name naturally through like regular law enforcement processes came up as a suspicious person because due to the nature of his transactions. This wasn't like, let's go after Hunter and see if he did anything wrong. This was his name came up because they're looking into some of these kind of shady things that he was doing. And then they say, hey, this guy didn't file any tax returns. And we know he's making money and spending money like this. So what do you think, Jacob? Well, I actually I file my tax returns and get every single dollar I get from oligarchs on there. So I do a great (laughs) job filing my tax returns personally. I think it's to say that it's because of my last name when you don't even file tax returns. It's kind of hard because you're not putting your last name on any paper. So. I think, uh, and like you said, those uh, shady deals—they're—they're they're pretty shady. You don't get much worse than that. <laughs> well, and you know, he was only spending money on the necessities, like the sex club. Come on, guys, get the oh, guys right. some slack. And guns. Yeah, think, yeah, only the necessities. Well, and the House Republicans are about ready to vote. What next week? They formally start an impeachment inquiry into the president. So the timing—I uh, don't know—timing. May be pretty obvious on this one. Oh, check this out. Federal prosecutors sought to show that Hunter Biden was aware that he owed taxes. In one instance, they included a text his ex-wife sent informing him that she had found his unfiled taxes, including attached checks, in the trunk of a car. 
Whoops. Wait, what? Yeah. What when this his dad's Corvette info. was it? <laughs> yeah. The Corvette that was in a locked garage. <laughs> Along with some classified documents. <laughs> and tax forms. And then in twenty eight October twenty eighteen he told his ex wife he wouldn't be able to make his alimony payments in part because of his tax bill, but he hadn't made that payment. So this he's gonna blame on his drug addiction, which does cause people to do various irresponsible things. But I will like say their cocaine at the White House. Recording yourself having sex with prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing and doing crack. But it's his and last driving, name. It's taking his last pictures name. of yourself going 172 miles per hour in a car that a Porsche that you just so happened to buy right after you got payments from the Chinese Communist Party affiliated entity. Yeah, it's it's because it's his last name who, that everyone's going Who doesn't going after. do that, he and I? Who, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't do that? I know. Like every, and he went to law school. Every attorney I know, yeah, they they Absolutely. just definitely record themselves having sex with prostitutes and doing crack. And they drop their laptops off at a repair shop. If Stephanie Bell is listening right now, she's probably going, no! How's <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It sounds like a great weekend to me. So yeah, it sounds fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't have any kind of material like that. I'm loath to ever recycle my devices because I don't want, you know, someone getting in and hacking my data or whatever else. So I don't. Yeah. I, and I don't drop stuff off. If a computer breaks, I buy a new computer. I don't drop it off at a computer shop because I know that those guys are snoopy. Just uh, probably smart. Personal anecdotal evidence as a criminal defense attorney, they snoop on your computer, guys. All right. We will be back soon. Don't go away on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Jennifer Bukowski sitting in along with Jacob Schulp. Watch the gang on our Facebook or YouTube channel. Find us at Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We're back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in, co-hosted by Jacob Shelp, hey. John Marsh down in Jeff City, and Hannah, the producer, are all here. And John, you have some updates out of Jeff City to talk about. What's going on? Well, we've got the uh, the latest on the settlement with the chief of police in Ashland. Chief oh. Gabe Edwards, we heard that the, they reached that settlement the other day. And now we understand the city will be paying him $50,000 under the term that settlement, but they said more than 18,000 of it is back pay and vacation time. Edwards stepped down and he sued, sued the city himself. Man, $50,000 to make that all go away sounds like a bargain compared to settlements that I'm used to hearing about yeah, against the good. city government. <laughs> like, yeah, we were Lawyers cost a lot of money amount. too, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, if 18 is back pay, then yeah, lawyer fees. That was probably a smart move on the part of the city of Ashland. To just get out of that cheap. and stop the bleeding with the legal bills. Yep. Also, the other story that we've been reporting for quite some time, Renee Collins of Roachport. She was a woman who was found guilty of sex trafficking her disabled daughter. She has been Ugh. sentenced 64 years in prison. That was a story where prosecutors claimed that she and her boyfriend allowed men to have sex with the daughter who was autistic and had cerebral palsy in exchange for drugs and it all happened at a columbia motel oh how old was a daughter teenage wow like young teenage like i don't recall i don't think they ever released the exact age ever but pretty grim wow 
And Jacob, you also had a story that's coming out of Jefferson City yeah, that I, is kind of interesting. What's I, going on I with do. this? So uh, Representative Sarah Unsucker was removed from all House committees, which is a pretty big statement to make by the the Democratic uh, minority leader, Crystal Quaid. Um, essentially, the, the reasoning behind this is that uh, Sarah Unsucker posted on Twitter, which we all love Twitter because people can do whatever they want right now. Um, she posted a picture of her with two people, uh, Eric Garland and Charles Johnson, and she put this as the caption. People don't like that I'm friends with Eric Garland, and they really don't like that we meet with Charles Johnson over basil lemonade. I'm an adult capable of making my own friendships. And I think we're all okay with friends. Um, being friends with a, a Holocaust-denying anti-Semite, a little bit different. Um, he was disavowed by United States Congressman Matt Gates, which is a pretty big statement uh, to have made against you. Um, and so it's a it's a pretty big story that came out yesterday that uh, there's some infighting in the Democrat caucus, apparently. Well, wait, so she didn't post anything anti-Semitic herself. She mm-hmm. just posted that she's hanging out with two guys over Lemonade, and yeah. one of them has said bad things before, and now... She's a state rep and has lost all of her committees just for yeah. having lemonade and posting about it. On that doesn't make sense. You like know, if I, it's one thing if you're. I mean, I'm a free speech absolutist, but it's one thing if you yourself are, you know, impugning your office that you hold by abhorrent behavior. But just having lemonade, it didn't say anything anti-Semitic in that post you just right. read. And yeah. that's why she got removed, just for hanging out with that guy and posting about it? Effectively. Um, and, you know, and I would imagine she would disavow any comments he he made. And the other big thing is that she's running for attorney general. And so for her to be removed from these committee assignments and potentially from the, the Democrat caucus, that's a big blow to her campaign. Um, and she is running against a primary yeah, candidate. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Okay, so, so she must have a primary. Yeah, she does so have they're a doing whoever her opponent is solid by... I mean, her opponent must be celebrating. Um, yeah, right who is now. her opponent? I actually don't know. I don't know who her uh, opponent is. I believe it's uh, a gentleman out of St. Louis. I I don't know off the top of my head, unfortunately. But I mean, for this to happen, uh, it not only takes a, a lot of, I would say, evidence to get someone removed off their committees, but it also would just be a really defining statement, especially from a minority that really doesn't have a lot of power in the first place. Yes, that's the that's the other thing about now for Democrats, to, they've got no bench of people that want to run statewide because no. you're sacrificing yourself. You're going to get smoked in the general. And even if you are able to win the primary in a lot of cases yeah. and uh, you have to like ask and go around raising money just for an inevitable loss. Right. But I do think like a Lucas Kuntz, he's out there in D.C. having fun, going to cocktail parties you know, being self-important. Living his best life. Yeah, because convincing all these suckers out there that, oh, maybe because I'm former military and I'm good looking, that I can beat Josh Halley. So give me more money, people. Give me more And he's actually continues to raise money, even though he got smoked mm-hmm. in his last attempt. He didn't even win the primary no. in his last attempt. Well, you know, the Democrats have this this agenda, essentially. They want to get someone contesting every single House seat and every single Senate seat. Because not every single House seat. It it, it is smart. But that's a lot of money that you are distributing out across the state instead of some individual places that are flippable. Um, Because, I mean, I know 
Caleb Rowden's uh, seat, Senator Rowden, that's going to be a, a Democrat win, most likely. Uh, the entirety of Boone County, uh, for a Republican to win that, it would be pretty impressive. Um, I would fall out of my chair. I think I would do a little bit more than that, Hannah. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know that we even have a candidate for that one, do Right. We? I, I have not heard of anything. I Columbia is a big enough town where I bet we could pull someone out of the hat. Um, but I, I've not heard any whispers about someone running in place of him. So. But that would be a self-sacrifice move it would for be. whoever did, given mm-hmm. how much money he's already raised and how far ahead he has um, put together his you know, campaign and everything else. Yeah. Well, you know, Lucas Kuntz only lost the primary because Trudy Bush Valentine had such a good campaign song. Remember oh, that? Did? Remember that stupid song? No. Oh, I'll song? have to see if I can pull it up. We played it on the show a few times, and it would get stuck in your head, and it's terrible. Oh no! I'll have to see if I can find oh, it. Oh, it sounds like uh, this is like here. This tastes awful. Here, try it. <laughs> That's what this yeah, sounds like. Much. This offer sounds like to me. Pretty right much. Now, you know, it, it's a feel-good Friday, so mm. I'm gonna feel good about getting an earworm stuck in. All of the wake up family members' ears. Oh, are you sweet? <laughs> I know, right? Came early. So, like, hand them a free Bud Light, huh? Yeah, there you go. Like a skunked one. <laughs> this uh, ethics investigation into the House Speaker, according to the Columbia Missourian, could roll into next year. Dean Plocker is under investigation for uh, falsely billing, allegedly falsely billing taxpayers for travel to conferences in Hawaii and elsewhere. Um, they've made progress, says the committee chairwoman, Hannah Kelly, but there's more work yet to be done. And so she didn't say when the committee will meet again next, but she was, it looks like it won't be until next year. And uh, they want to make sure that they make the right decision. Well, that doesn't really help as you're like trying to fundraise in your fourth quarter here. That they're like, hey, we're not going to resolve this. We're just going to drag this out. But maybe it's to his benefit if they were going to find something against him. I don't know. But he's running for lieutenant governor. All right. That was our Jeff City News. We'll be back, friends, uh, next. We're going to talk some uh, haters going to hate. Taylor Swift is the time person of the year. A lot of people on the right on X are mad about it. We'll get into that and more next on the Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Jennifer Bukowski sitting in with Jacob Schultz. Be right back. time to rearrange the power structure. It's time for a change. It's the right time. She's the right choice with a caring heart. She's a brand new voice. An inspiration for all to see. Show me Missouri. Show me truly. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's official talk show. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Official talk show. What does that even mean? Official. And we're back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in, uh, co-hosting with Jacob Schalp and uh, Hannah, the producers here. So so is John Mark. And I know this happened. Uh, this happened a few days ago, guys. So, but the Taylor Swift being Person of the Year, I thought it was worth banding about because it says in their decision here, since 1927, Time has chosen a Person of the Year. The editor's assessment of the individual who has shaped the headlines over the previous 12 months, for who has most shaped those headlines, for better or for worse. As her tradition, Person of the Year springs from the great man theory of history, a belief that individuals have the power to transform society. 
the selections over the years have tended to follow certain patterns. It's typically a ruler over traditional domains of power. It is usually a man. 14 U.S. presidents, five leaders of Russia or the Soviet Union, and three popes have all been recognized. But wow. this year, it's Taylor Swift. And I saw a lot of my friends, you know, people I follow on X, mad about this decision, saying, how could it be Taylor Swift as person of the year? And mad in particular because she apparently before... It might have been the 2016 election or the 2020 had like Biden cookies and she was like kind of telling people not to vote for Trump. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say that I don't think the person of the year like standards mean someone that is apolitical as like many presidents have made it. And she has dominated the headlines. She's driving ticket sales. She moves the economy in any city she shows up in. So, I mean, the criteria that you just listed, I mean, she checks all those boxes pretty, pretty easily in my mind. And she's an unusual figure to do that. And she's a 32 year old young woman, but her influence is billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the heiress tour has broken all sorts of concert tour records. And once again, she's in her early 30s. She and crashed Ticketmaster. She did. Crashed it. Like, And I know so many people uh, with daughters or whatever, they were spending exorbitant amounts yeah. of money. Like this was like going to this instead of going on a vacation was like their family's oh, choices yeah. because that's how important going to see Taylor Swift was to them. Like it, it blew my mind. Like John I've even tried to her- buy tickets. John, did you get to go? No, I, I missed out on. What's your uh, favorite Taylor Swift song down there, John? Oh, we went th- we went through this the other day. Oh, we, sorry. We joke we joked the other day. Said maybe the man as it compares to some of our coworkers. Or <laughs> Cruel summer. How about that? There you go. That was a quick <laughs> Google search you did there, John. To- <laughs> no, I got, I got the Taylors. Who's that? Seventeen? You've got to know some Taylor no, Swift songs. I don't listen to any Taylor Swift music. Uh, you know, I I wasn't apprehensive for her choice to be the the time person of the year, but I can I can respect that decision and then not listen to any of her music. Um not my not my cup of tea. Yeah, you can like admire that she's out there taking names and kicking butt. Well, sure. I mean, listen, I love when someone brings billions of dollars into any economy. Right. Uh, that being said, that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to your music. You know. <laughs> and she's ju- she's uh, generous with her employees. That's true. And uh, I think she gave her bus drivers a six figure bonus about halfway through the Eras tour. It was wow. some exorbitant number. Um, Baller. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that her fans relate to her so much and we talked a little bit about this yesterday but a she's grown up in the industry you know she came on the scene when she was 16 or 17 years old and we've watched her morph from kind of you know country music into this pop thing that she's doing now and now we just see this massive success so i think those that have been fans of her from the beginning have that like emotional attachment to her of almost feeling like they watched her grow up in a sense but also, she's just so dang relatable. Huh, like, so you sound like a Swifty over I there. <laughs> I am a little bit. So I was a big fan when she was country, you know, back in her debut. Huh. Um, I was in middle school, and she was my first 
like big stadium concert. Oh, cool. Oh. My mom took my brother and I to see her in Kansas City oh, wow. when we were growing up. And that was the Fearless tour, I believe. So very early in her career. And I remember thinking back then, you know, what, how great of a show she put on. And I've not had the privilege of getting to go to the Eras tour. But the clips I've seen on TikTok and stuff, her showmanship has only increased. So... Yeah, I hear she's dating some football show. player, right? Yeah, I might have heard about that. Yeah, I am so happy that whatever Travis Kelsey did on his podcast to get her to give the digits over and them to start dating has worked out very well for Missouri and for the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Well, our t- ticket sales are like our viewership is like playoff levels. It's been incredible. Well, and that's the thing you can you know hate on Taylor if you want, but she is helping the economy, like Jacob said. Mm-hmm. But to localize it a little more, the Missouri economy specifically. You know, the sa- yep. like the sales from Travis Kelsey jerseys, yeah. once she appeared at that first NFL game, I believe they quadrupled overnight. Wow. You huh. know, like you said, Jen, ticket prices are going up. She Chiefs did, are Chiefs are four and one with Taylor in attendance. Yep. Yeah. She did two shows in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium on her Eras tour. Oh, now now in retrospect that makes more sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Justin Trudeau being like, Hey Taylor can you come to Canada, please? Can you add some tour dates and come to Canada? And she was too busy down in Kansas City, Missouri for that. I, I, wonder, why. I wonder why. I wonder why. Well, and Taylor just revealed this week that uh, they have been dating since July. Wow. So they had been together for a bit before that first big appearance at the NFL game that kind of shocked the world, if you will. I think it's cute, and she's handled it so well. Like, you've they seen have. Britney Spears has kind of imploded from being so young. Like, Taylor was very young, too, when she was famous. But fortunately, she seems to have, you know, just thrived under this and uh, actually Despite not be easy to do. Yeah. And she's, yeah, if she goes to a restaurant, she get like, the place will get swarmed. Like, that's got to be tricky to date and everything else i hope they get married and have beautiful tall athletic children that can sing yeah i keep telling people they form a band that'd be great (laughs) i keep telling people their babies will be beautiful and talented yeah and uh fast and tall for sure right she's tall he's tall shake it off i'm looking at the songs i love that song i i'm i'm not good at knowing what songs are (laughs) which songs are sung by which artists one of my uh favorites back in the day from her country from her time in the country music industry, uh, love story. Yeah, that was a that was was that a n- number one hit? It was close. If it wasn't on the country chart, I just kind of assume any song that she's put out was number one at some point. Uh, but love story was one of my favorites back in the day. And but didn't, didn't she just have nine out of ten of the top ten songs probably. all at the same time? I think probably. she did. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, she's breaking all kinds of records in that way. Better her than Cardi B, who's also breaking all kinds of records, but her WAP song, which I can't even say what that stands for on the air. Worship and praise. <laughs> worship and praise. It is worshiping something, I guess. Oh, my God. That, lyrics for that? And I'm not even like a prude person. I can't. I, I cannot even handle that song. Yeah. I'll give it to Taylor Swift. I mean, she makes a good impression on... A really uh, palpable young minds. I mean, she's wholesome. She is generally. Uh, she's she's pretty good. Um, I 
Even though she's done, apparently voted for Joe Biden. We can, well, it, you <laughs> that know, is one flaw. I was going to make a joke over that because I see it on Twitter so often. Is that She writes a lot of songs about her ex-boyfriends and selecting bad men, and then she voted for Joe Biden. Hey, so, <laughs> I like it. If you want to equate it that way, I guess you can. Maybe now that she's with a you know, red-blooded football-playing American, she'll vote Trump next time. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, be interesting. All right. Hello, it's gift-buying time for Christmas. And let, there's some Am I the Jerk stories over gift-giving snafus. We want to hear from our listeners. How do you handle it when one side of the family wants to give gifts one way and another side wants it differently? We'll talk about that and more next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, uh, 93.9 The